Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Healing Life Wisdom. I'm Tiffany Windsor. On this episode, my guest and I will be talking about menopause and one of our favorite healing herbs, licorice root. Welcome, my sister, Candice Licione. Hi, Candice. Hi, Tiffany. Great to be here. I'm so excited to share all this information with everyone. Well, this is a big topic that nobody ever wants to talk about. It is a big secret. I don't know why, (laughs) but it is. (laughs) Well, we're going to share all of our secrets today because we do want everyone to know that menopause is not a disease, so you don't treat it accordingly. And it's only in the last 40 or so years that menopause has become to be thought of as a disease. You know, Candace, back when we were young, it wasn't talked about much, if at all. I never heard anything, as most women went through it very smoothly. Menopause has become something to treat with pharmaceuticals in today's day and age. In the past, and as a matter of fact, for the past few thousand years or more, Herbs were the go-to medicine when it came to menopause. Menopause is a completely natural time in each woman's life. It's the time when women come into their power, and we're going to talk more about that in just a little while. Of course, this is a time when child rearing is over and you're going into the next phase of your life. It's a time to do what you came here to do for you. This is a time of life to really get to know yourself, to come into your power as a woman, and to be yourself. It's a time for solitude, perhaps a lot of journaling, time to take classes just for you, and come together with other women who are in the same phase of life. A good attitude towards menopause makes all the difference. I can see everybody raising their eyebrows as I say this, but it's only since the beginning of television advertising that makes us feel that we aren't good enough, that aging is bad, that we need to be fixed somehow, everything has to be lifted and tucked, we must be Botoxed, and we have to feel like we are 20 years old again, or at least 20 years younger. Menopause is really a time when you get really comfortable about who you are and where you're going from here. You need to change your attitude towards menopause. That's really important. You need to welcome the changes and you need to nourish your body when your body is in menopause, because it is going through a stage of life, much like puberty, but menopause, and so it is going through hormonal and different changes in your body. Um, Most of the information we're sharing on menopause comes from Susan Weed, who's a well-known herbalist, whose books have to do with women's issues and women's health. Her most famous book is Menopausal Gears, The Wise Woman Way, and this book is fabulous, and it really is The Wise Woman Way. Um, She believes very much in the six steps of healing that she um, has come up with. Um, step one, step zero is to do nothing. When you have an issue, when you get see that you're in menopause, first thing you do is nothing. Sleep, meditate, unplug the clock, definitely get off the phone. Just relax and spend some time thinking about who you are, where you are. The next step would be collect information. Get books, join support groups, learn about menopause. Most women don't know that much about menopause, and they're not finding out the information that they need to know this is, you know, 
perfectly natural. So you want to get out there and collect as much information that you need to help you through the different stages of menopause and the different um, symptoms of menopause. Step two is engage the energy. Use prayer, homeopathic remedies, crying, visualizations, aromatherapy, color, laughter. Step three is to nourish and tonify your body. So you can use herbal infusions, herbal tinctures, lifestyle changes, and exercise. Steps zero to three are preventive medicine. Try these steps first, and then if they're not working, then you go to steps four and 5A, and only if these don't work would you go to steps 5B and step C. Currently, most people start with the 5B and step C, which are pharmaceuticals and surgery. So step four would be stimulate and sedate, using cold and hot water therapy, herbal tinctures, acupuncture, some massages. Step 5A is to add supplements to your life, vitamins and minerals, teas. Step 5B is to use pharmaceuticals. And is when you use, when you use, when you, when you get into fear, surgery, and invasive diagnostic, diagnostic tests. So you want so to start Candace, with I'm the gonna, natural. I'm going to stop you for a moment because I... Um, I'm not sure if it was just my phone, a line, but I lost you there for a moment. So go back to oh, okay. uh, uh, the last I heard was step 5A, which is supplements. Okay. And five, so okay. go on from there. And, and if this is a repeat for our listeners, it doesn't hurt. Okay. Five step A is supplements. So that's vitamins and minerals and tonic teas and things that build your body up. Step 5B is to use pharmaceuticals. And step six is what Susan Weed considers break and enter. Fear surgery, and invasive diagnostic tests. So first, start with the natural remedies before considering pharmaceuticals and surgery unless it's absolutely necessary. There are many stages to healing naturally, and if they don't work, then you might consider the last two steps. Herbs for menopause are amazing. They do wonderful things. They've been used for thousands and thousands of years. They do work. Here's just a partial list of the herbs for menopausal issues. If you have heavy bleeding, try strawberry leaves, which I used when I first started menopause, and it worked perfectly. Um, two other herbs for heavy bleeding are ladies' mantle and vitex. And moving on in our list of herbs to use, there's great herbs for cramps, including cramp bark. I always love how the name of the herb like relates to what it helps. That's <laughs> I love that when that happens. Um, so cramp bark, garden sage, motherwort, uh, you would use if you have no heavy bleeding. Hormone, hormone balancing is so important at this point in, uh, in your life in menopause. So there's alfalfa, hops, licorice root, which we're going to talk about in just a moment in more detail, red clover, sage, black cohosh. Uh, for hot flashes, there's uh, chickweed, dandelion, fenugreek seed, elderflowers, yellow dock, oat straw, and hibiscus. Night sweats. That hits a lot of women in menopause. You can use oat straw, garden sage, ginseng, bat kohosh, kohosh. and um, moving on to depression, there's St. John's wort, nettle, oat straw, garden sage, grief or crying jags, lemon balm, dong kwai, passion flower, and ginseng. Really, this list goes on and on. And as Candace said, there is an herb for every menopause symptom, and they really work. Susan Weed's book has a chapter for each issue you'd, you would find in menopause. She gives you explanations about what's going on, what herbs or vitamins or natural foods or treatments will work for that issue. 
If you're entering menopause and want to do it naturally, please go get a copy of this book because it's really amazing. And her whole philosophy of the wise woman and us coming into our power as we go through menopause and that stage of life, it's just so helpful and it's so empowering. So, Candace, when when our mother was younger, after she had the fifth child in our family, she had a hysterectomy. So I never heard her talk about menopause. What was your take on that? No, menopause was never mentioned. I don't think I even knew it existed, and we didn't know about anything. I mean, probably um, we knew nothing about childbirth and, <laughs> right. and any of that, but it wasn't really talked about at that point. But she didn't have any – I mean, she had issues because she had five children, and her body right. kind of just fell, fell down. But, right. Um, she didn't have any issues, um, especially after the hysterectomy, where now when you have a hysterectomy, they give you hormone replacement and they give you all kinds of things. There was nothing. She just, you know, went to work the next day. People weren't right. having the issues then that we have now, and I think part of that was the lifestyle then, which was not as stressful. Women didn't. Our mother worked, but most women did not work. They were homemakers. They were home. Um, I never heard anybody um talk about any of that and I remember that my first symptom was very late in high school when I did have cramping but there was nothing to give you, you just, <laughs> at that point. You just lived with it. I maybe, You just lived with it but I didn't hear right. anything besides people complaining about cramping um, in my teenage years. Right and our, our mother would never give us anything like Tylenol. I don't even I don't even know when Tylenol came out. I think that was later, but or aspirin. I never would have even thought to take anything like that. She I and don't our know mom. That we had, I, no, I don't think we even had aspirin in the house. Right. Although my doll came in at that point. <laughs> I do remember oh, that? Yes, I do remember but. hearing about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our mom, I can tell you, she never complained about cramps. She never would have complained about PMS. She never. She just. Um, Nothing phased her like that. So it actually was a great example for us because we didn't get into the emotional side of any of this. It kind of just seemed like to be an everyday fact and, okay, this is what's happening. And and so to me, I think that made it better because we weren't expecting anything different than other, you just, you know, you just go on and it, and it, we weren't, I, I never remember, like, I see some, other young women these days who like can't get out of bed and, and such. So, um, well, that would have been so, a very bad excuse at our house anyway. <laughs> right, <laughs> would we have never done, would but have, I, No, never would have um, done I that. I think too in the late '60s things changed because that's when I talked about the, te- the tele- television advertising and things came in. Right. Twiggy came in at that point. Before that, we were very comfortable with who we were. Nobody looked at somebody right. and said, "Oh, you you weigh too much," or you're not going to wear that kind of thing. I mean, we were not into our looks. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. we wanted to look nice, but nobody cared. And most people were not overweight at all. But right. Twiggy came in, and she was a twig. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there was all the focus on women's bodies and being as thin as you possibly can, because Marilyn Monroe was like a size 14. She was a right. normal-looking woman. And all those, you look back at all those um, movie stars, they were all 12s and 14s. They were... What consider right. now is heavy, <laughs> and, right. and not a. T- you know, they were beautiful women with with real women's bodies. So everything started to change, probably in the late '60s, as far as women's perception of themselves. 
Well, I'm so fortunate to have Candace as my older sister because she she and my sister Heidi had talked about menopause uh, before I ever thought about it. And so when I did come into menopause, it was so easy for me. It was effortless and because I had nothing to be afraid of. I loved your explanation about you're coming into your power, and this is the power time for women. And we're moving into a new phase of our lives. I don't have children, so it wasn't about getting children out of the house and being over the child-rearing days, but this is the power time for women. And, Candace, I remember hearing stories about this that actually men who try to learn um, about going through kundalini experiences, which apparently is very similar to what women are experiencing when they have hot flashes. Is, have you heard that? Absolutely, I did hear that, and I probably told you about it. I believe it was Susan Weed who had that story. I used to go to herbal conferences where she was a speaker, but she said that men actually pay money and go to temples and things and do all these things to try and raise their kundalini when we do it naturally. And nobody appreciates the fact that we're doing it naturally and other people are spending all this time and money trying to get their kundalini and we just spontaneously do it and we are not appreciative of it. (laughs) Right. So it's okay to embrace your body during this time. For me, hot flashes were an issue and, you know, I might be sitting in a business meeting and I could feel the sweat like starting on my upper lip and you just kind of quietly (laughs) wipe it away. But at night, I had night sweats, and um, a friend told me, just take a glass of ice before you go to bed and um, you know, get, get a, a real glass and, and put ice in it and so it stays cold all night. When you get a hot flash, just reach your hand out of the bed onto your nightstand and just hold that glass. You don't even have to wake yourself up to drink it, and it always worked for me. It always cooled me right back down. So besides all of these herbs that we've talked about, there's, there's, uh, it's okay. It, there's, there's so many things that you can do naturally that are going to help support you through this time and, and really encourage you to go natural with it as best you can. And if you have major issues, you always want to seek out uh, professional medical help. And, uh, but women for thousands of years have been attending to menopause through natural herbs. Absolutely, and I I felt personally when I was going to menopause, and I started to have, I know my first, like, really bad um, hot flash was in a restaurant with my son and daughter-in-law, and I'm sitting there, but once I learned about the power, I mean, the power in the kundalini, it's like, oh, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to, you know, when it happens, like, yes, I'm, you know, going to go right. for it. So you change your attitude, it changes the whole experience. But you actually had a really challenging experience when you um – first went to your doctor because you were concerned about heavy bleeding. Yes. My first uh, idea that went menopause, which I knew nothing about, was uh, I was on a trip in Colorado, and I started to heavy bleed, and I didn't know what to do. I was away. I just did everything I could to get through it, went to the doctor when I went home, and I went to the gynecologist's office, and I sat down. He said, well, what's the problem? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy bleeding. I, just, I think I'm bleeding to death. And he goes, duh. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, duh. He said, how old are you? And I said, 45. He said, well, duh. And I said, what duh? He said, this menopause. And I said, well, how would I know that? I said, nobody ever told me. And he said, you know, he examined me and he said, yeah, if you're still bleeding like this in three weeks, come back. And I said, if I'm still bleeding like this in three weeks, I'll be dead. (laughs) And he laughed. And I never went back to him. (laughs) 
But I went home because I was doing my herbal training and got an herbal book out, and it says try strawberry leaves and red raspberry leaf. And there was something else in the original recipe, but at some point I didn't have all them, and I only had strawberry leaf. Strawberry leaf works so well in heavy bleeding, at least it did for me. I could drink like two cups of tea, like when I got my period, and it would stop the heavy bleeding for the whole period, and I'd have to do it the next one. But before that, it was just constant heavy bleeding during the period, and, I mean, it was just debilitating. So um, it really, really works. And um, at, at that time, too, the doctors had nothing to offer you. You know, he just said, come back. <laughs> right. Well, and I've given that recommendation of the strawberry leaf to all of my friends because of you talking about it, and it's worked for all of them. Anyone who's asked me, it's always worked. So yeah, It's a wonderful herb. Great, great advice. Well, let's move uh, on to talking about an herb that we mentioned is very good in menopause, which is licorice root. So I'd like to start off with some licorice root history. This information comes from draxx.com. Great website. You should go check it out for a lot of natural information. You, you will find the link on our blog post to his entire article. Licorice is a member of the legume family, which I did not know. And while there are species that grow in the U.S., I'm going to use its Latin name here, see if I can say it without um, totally messing it up. Um, Glycerea glabra, the Latin name, is primarily native to Europe and Asia. Also, you might see Chinese licorice listed on products. I've never noticed that, but you would look out for that also. In that case, it's likely Glyceriza urolensis, the second variety. Licorice root benefits are primarily the same between the two varieties, according to the Journal of Advanced Research. However, it's worth noting that glabra is typically the variety referred to when discussing licorice root. Glyceriza's name reflects its most popularly known claim to fame, which is sweet root. With an extract that can be 30 to 50 times sweeter than sugar, we can see why our ancestors were inspired to turn it into candy. In Chinese medicine, anti-inflammatory licorice root has been used for centuries for many of the same uses that science has confirmed. That's uses for coughs and colds, gastrointestinal issues, and female reproductive issues. One interesting note about the way licorice had been used in Chinese medicine is that it was used as a guide drug. Licorice root was used in tandem with other herbs and remedies to enhance their effects and essentially guide the other herbs to where they would be most beneficial. In 2013, this use was observed and reviewed by the Tianjin University of Traditional Chinese Medicine. This ancient purpose, along with other licorice root benefits, no doubt contributed to licorice root being the most used herb in Chinese medicine. Europeans didn't ignore the benefits of licorice as a supplement either. Licorice root has documented uses from antiquity, from ancient Greece and Rome to the Middle Ages and beyond. By the 20th century, manufacturing allowed the root to be stripped for pharmaceutical uses and then extracted for candy sweetener. Now, that familiarly strong licorice flavor is usually replicated by a similarly flavored anise seed, which is a common biblical herb. But you can still get the genuine licorice candy, usually the black licorice, which distinguishes it from the red imitation candy. The medicinal strength and benefits of licorice root are prominent enough that the FDA issued a notice for consumers to be aware that black licorice is more than just a sweet treat. Even when the root extract is used just to sweeten, it 
can't be ignored as a very potent compound. And while the root is the primary portion used for supplements and remedies, the leaves have been evaluated for their antimicrobial benefits as well. In a study, the leaves tested well against bacteria and thus may work as a staph and candida cure. Licorice root is one of the most important herbs in today's world. Why is licorice root so critical? Because it's the ultimate weapon against the viral explosion. Herpetic viruses, which include Epstein-Barr, HHV-6, and shingles, are often behind the mystery illnesses such as fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Lyme disease, Meniere's disease, and adrenal fatigue. And the associated uh, symptoms like vertigo, dizziness, body aches and pains, nerve pains in the jaw, neck, and shoulders. Anthony William, author of The Medical Medium, the book Life-Changing Foods, and his liver rescue book, states that the body does not attack itself, but rather strains and mutations of these herpes viruses do. The essential antiviral herb is licorice root. Its phytochemicals and antiviral properties stop a virus from procreating and pushes the virus right out of the body, making your system as inhospitable as possible for viruses. Licorice root is also incredible for low blood pressure and soothes the liver by lowering liver heat. Licorice is one of the most important adrenal restoratives we have. Licorice root acts as a battery charger for your adrenals by bringing them out of a fatigue state and increases their capacity to function. As mentioned, licorice root is amazing for so many conditions, and there's more on the list, including lupus, leaky gut, ulcers, sore throat, coughs, PMS, menopause, which we just talked about, rheumatoid arthritis, migraines, digestive disorders, strep throat, depression, insomnia, acne, UTIs, and GERD. And, uh, Candace, I asked you earlier, what is GERD? It's it's a... Um it has to do with acid reflux, and it's to do with your okay. esophagus, and it's, a, I think, the initials of something. It's something to do with esophagus. Okay. <laughs> so the list goes on and on. Also, the symptoms that licorice treats are anxiousness, brain fog, headaches, nausea, food allergies, cold hands and feet, acid reflux, which you just talked about, brain inflammation, and has glycosides similar to natural steroids in the body. So check out the rest of the list in Anthony Williams' books. Licorice root is also wonderful for those who process their emotions through the gut instead of the head. If you feel like the simplest of misunderstandings give you a stressed stomach ache, or if you hold tension in your stomach, or get butterflies in your stomach, licorice root will help prevent and relieve your suffering. If you're trying to get rid of caffeine in your diet, try licorice root tea. First thing in the morning can be such an incredible energy booster. If you're having trouble digesting food or you've just eaten a bad meal, drink licorice root tea to help the digestive process. Feel free to use licorice root as an herbal tea, one cup a day, or as an alcohol-free tincture. There are cautions for using licorice root. Don't use if you have high blood pressure, kidney disease, if you're pregnant or nursing. Long-term can cause sodium retention, which can cause water retention. This is not a full list of cautions, so check out other cautions before using. Don't use at the same time as steroids as it might increase the action of them. Glycerisa licorice root has side effects, but there is a standardized supplement that's called deglycerisin licorice root that removes the side effects of increased blood pressure, reduced potassium levels, edema, liver and kidney issues. 
Um, we want to, again, say too much licorice root can be dangerous. Um, you must always be aware of the cautions on all herbs, um, and some herbs, especially like licorice root, because it's a very, very strong and powerful herb. You must honor the cautions on herbs. You always must check with your physician before you take herbs to make sure that you aren't taking an herb that will react with any of your prescriptions that you're taking or with any health condition you have. Herbs are real medicines, so you have to treat them that way, and you must be sure you're using them properly by checking the cautions out on um, all herbs you take. I have always loved licorice root. When I was a kid and we'd go to the lake, licorice buttons were always my favorite. Now, I'm not sure how they made that and how much sugar was in it, but uh, when I had a private session with Anthony William many, many years ago, that's definitely one of the extracts he wanted me to take. He did not mention to me specifically at that time about any sort of cautions. And here's what I found with my body and myself. I actually, when I'm done with it, I just forget to take it. Even though it may be sitting there, it's like I don't crave it anymore and I don't even see it on the shelf. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I, I'm taking licorice root right now because I was reading something about Anthony Williams with whatever, and I thought, oh, I haven't taken licorice root for a while, and whatever the issue was, I started taking it, but I only take it every once in a while. It's sitting here with my other tinctures, and I, I take it some days, and other days I don't take it, and I may not take it for a couple of weeks. I think you are really good to follow your intuition because mm-hmm. there's herbs like licorice root, echinacea, donkwai, um, and a couple other ones that you don't take long-term. So you have to be right. really aware that there's certain herbs that, that are much better and, and much better for you if you follow the, um, the rules on them and don't take them long-term because they're, they're not good long-term. Uh, I know echinacea, people don't realize it's a short-term herb. It doesn't so much hurt you, but it loses its effectiveness. It doesn't do what it's supposed mm-hmm. to if you use it longer. So licorice root is one that's very, very strong and very potent. And as Anthony Williams thinks, it's one of the greatest herbs against the viral explosion we have now, which is so prominent in everybody's health and the news and whatever. So just be aware. It's a wonderful herb, but respect it. Right. And and that's true. Colloidal silver, you just want to take for a short amount of time. And it's funny because today, Candace, I just went out and um, talked to my Chinese medicine friend and picked up some Dong Kwai uh, and Yellow Dock, which were on this list, which have, but it has nothing to do with menopause for me. But you can see how versatile a lot of these herbs are. Oh, they're it, so unbelievably versatile. versatile. People don't realize that they have so many different uses. Right, and as we're talking about women's issues and such, they they they're they're like um, they're supportive in so many different ways. So I'm really anxious to see how the Don Kwai and the Yellow Dock work. It, and it's these are roots, so these you have to boil and really pull out all of those essences. He also was telling me to take um, oh gosh, it's just gone out of my mind for iron um, uh, uh, blackstrap the, molasses. The, blackstrap. Oh yeah, blackstrap molasses. Yes. Right. Uh, and, and make this into a, a lovely tea uh, three times a day and just kind of um, boost myself right now. So I, I love what, that we're talking about menopause today. I love that we're being honest about it. And it's nothing to hide. It's nothing to be afraid of. And uh, if you live close to Candace in, at her store in Graysonville, um, Maryland, you can stop by. And I'm assuming, do you have strawberry leaf? We have strawberry leaf. We have all kinds of hot hot flash tea made up and, and different um, okay. 
different herbal blends and but we have all the um, herbs for menopause or uh, any of the herbs for women's issues. So right, feel free to buy talk, and right talk to Candace about this and and get the teas and herbs that will really support you uh, at this time right. if you are in pre-menopause or uh, in full menopause and uh, it's uh, this can actually be so empowering. Cannot say that enough. It's a very empowering time. So get powerful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We need to right. we need to do more of that. I I agree. Candace, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about this so uh, such an important topic. Thank you for uh, having me on. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you. Okay, we will talk again next Sunday night. Okay. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. For more information, I invite you to go to HealingLifeWisdom.com, click on Blog Archives, and you can find the post that Candace and I wrote on today's topic, and check out the links to the Healing Life Wisdom On Demand podcast, just like this one. Also, follow us on Twitter at HealingLife444 or Facebook at Healing Life Wisdom. And keep this discussion going by sharing our links with your friends and family. It's so important, as we talked about today, it's so important that we all share on our path to wellness. I'm Tiffany Windsor, and this is Healing Life Wisdom. Have a fabulous, uplifting, and healthy week. Thanks for listening. <music>